0: This is the Outrage Machine. to stop, and conversation is the first step. Catch a fucking break on this fucking platform. It is driving me nuts, you guys. Uh, I keep running into issues again and again on this platform with the tracks desynchronizing and the mic inputs not being set correctly. The last episode that I recorded, I was like, oh, I must not have set the mic input correctly. And I did this time, and it's still recorded through the wrong fucking mic. So... Apologies. Here's Outrage 3 with Phil Ord. Fuck. Welcome back to Mindwave. This is Jenner, and we are digging deeper into the Outrage Machine today. On the line, returning guest and Mindwave All Star. Phil Ord. Phil, you're a fucking rock star. Thanks for coming back and hanging out with me.
1: I would uh, like to do nothing better.
0: (laughs) Perfect, perfect Wednesday afternoon. Hanging out, we're going to get into uh, some outragey shit. We're going to talk about the environmental movement primarily today um, and what's happening there, how the outrage machine is coming into play. And we're just going to unpack it and kind of dig through it and and see what we can come up with. So I've been fairly vocal uh, online about my particular concerns around the environmental movement. Uh, And you and I have talked little bits um, about our our concerns around Andrew Yang's current climate um, platform, which we are going to unpack that at some point also, you and I just personally. Um, and dig to that, do more Yang stuff, because this is the first time we've had you back in like a good hot minute. Uh, but it's our age time and we're getting into it. So the environment where where do you see the conversation going and what do you think are, are the biggest issues that we should try to unpack here in this episode?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I would just say these days, the environmental movement has become almost a branch of science denialism. And that's a controversial take because it seems like the only people that give a shit about climate change are like the left-leaning liberals, it seems. And, uh, you know, they aren't really liberal anymore. They are just, you know, they've been just overtaken by Identity politics, grievance, grievance culture, um, and basically making this about socioeconomics and not about the environment, which I uh, think is quite damaging. Um, what's gonna? What else? Um, and you know, I would say I don't even call myself an environmentalist anymore. Uh, I took kind of my friend Ben, who lives in Australia, a major uh, nuclear advocate basically says he doesn't call himself an environmentalist. He calls himself an eco-modernist. If if you guys aren't familiar with eco-modernism, let me bring it up here.
0: No, that's good. Because I Uh, abandoned that label years ago too because of these fucking people.
1: Yeah, so an eco-modernist, if you look on Wikipedia, uh, ECO modernist, uh, is an environmental philosophy which argues... (laughs) That humans can protect nature by using technology to "quotes decouple anthropogenic impacts from the natural world." Eco modernism is a school of thought that many environmental and design scholars, critics, philosophers f- uh, from many environmentalists, in- environmental and design scholars, critics, philosophers, and activists. Uh, I basically like to say it's 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 basically environmentalism through through a lens of science and uh economics basically
0: yeah and And, we do need rational definitions that
1: you know
0: a lot of this is just language games and clarification of terms and clarity precision in our language is huge um as as a part of my core you know philosophy for trying to uh tackle some of these things so very
1: important Right. And uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of Michael Schellenberger. He's one of the main people behind eco modernism, and he's probably the foremost nuclear environmentalist uh, right now. He uh, does this, uh, he has an organization called Environmental Progress, which is located in Berkeley, California. And uh, people should look him up on Twitter because he's also very. He's very critical of, uh, you know, the previous governor, Jerry Brown of California, and now Gavin Newsom. Uh, California has become a quite literal shithole, and he's in, one of the only left-leaning people. He actually ran for governor, uh, got like 12th place or something. But uh, he uh, he's talking about just bad policies that have led California to have, you know— a crappy electric grid, homelessness. Uh, sorry, that's kind of a tangent, but I'm no. I'm just saying no, he's, I, more I, of, I, he's more <clears throat> of a uh, – he's just a critical thinker, and we are lacking some of that these days. But uh,
0: We're lacking a lot of that these days. We need more people willing – whether they're the right people to do it or not, we need more people to be willing to do it. Um, Again, big part of the outrage machine. I know I'm not the right messenger on a lot of this shit, but it it needs to be talked about.
1: You know? Um, For sure. And so... Yeah, so I went to a... uh, a Greta Thunberg rally in Denver. She stopped by. And it was the most, like... I hated every second of it because it was just intersectionality. The entire... Like opening speeches were intersectionality. I mean, they were even talking about, you know, trans rights and indigenous rights and uh, stuff like that. And I'm just like, what the hell is this doing for a climate problem? You know, it's just, this is a very simple problem. (laughs) The only social justice thing I can think of relevant to climate change is that poor people are fucked first. Yeah.
0: They aren't wrong Mm
1: -hmm. in saying, uh, uh, it's you know you know poor brown people are gonna get the shorter end of the stick because most of the poor people on the planet are not white, you know, so uh,
0: yeah, I feel like tying it, tying into it a race thing is an extremely dangerous move if you want it's
1: you know, not if you, it's nowhere you should you we should not harp on it in those terms, no, exactly uh, we should just acknowledge it because if this turns into some sort of racial animosity you know that's that's how really bad civil wars happen honestly uh this it's a dangerous game race. to play yeah it, it's-, it's not because i mean it, it is a dangerous game to play sorry it's not good i meant to say um yeah. in that it basically makes something that no one's responsible for a character flaw like oh that's i don't know if you have hear, hear this very often but people always talk about like Colonialization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they like basically, it's like everything I don't like is colonialization or imperialism. And I'm, it's, it's absurd. And it's basically saying, okay, European whitey is bad throughout human history. They are the root of all evil when, you know, everybody in the, in, in history was fucking cruel to each other. Like uh, you know, it's not. People forget that. Like even Japan was imperialist. China was imperialist. Uh,
0: um, China still y- kind of is, to be fair. Dang. That is true. That is true. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's
1: it's more just like okay, anti-Western. Yeah. But uh, I I'm I'm sorry. It's Western values have been proven to be the most beneficial to people, you know, even through its violent history of getting started, you know what I'm trying to say?
0: No, absolutely. And so much of this just boils down to intellectual laziness. Um, I'm finding again and again and again that people just, they just want the colored flag, you know, and I I sound like a fucking broken record at, at this point, but it really is that they just want to tribally identify with something and the facts don't even really matter. It doesn't matter if you have the facts on your side because it's, it's a personality thing. It's an emotional thing. And we should all be very emotionally um, connected to the climate change problem. It's an existential threat to the future of our civilization. That should trigger an emotional response. But what that should not do is allow that emotional response to guide policy. We need rational people who are willing to unpack shit over you know to really because this is not a a soundbite a lot of this shit these are you can't get a soundbite answer you know but the second that you want to say oh it's all just racial grievance or oh it's all just this or all just that you're devaluing it a and you are substituting (laughs) <laughs> you're you're substituting in reasons when there are good reasons already. And I brought this up the other day um, just on my personal Facebook profile because I see people playing into this like racial grievance animosity identity politics thing in the yang gang. Um, because of the media bias. And I'm like very extremely worried about that. I think that's a very dangerous game to play. No, we don't want, that's not what we want the message to be. That's not why we don't need to go there when the platform is good enough on its own. And this is perfect for climate because like, we don't need the social justice, you know, wing to to fight for the rights of brown people when the reason we want to do it we we want to solve climate change because it's an existential fucking fr- problem that that's something that transcends all national barriers all skin colors all all of it we have a better reason to solve that fucking problem and we don't need to play that game you know and it just takes more people willing to point it out because it is problematic to point out you know especially if you happen to lack a certain percentage of melanin in your skin you can't be the you know the asshole white guy to to point the shit out but it absolutely does need to be called out and i wish that more people were doing it and i wish that more people of color in particular were doing it uh you know and especially like with yang uh, this final closing thoughts there I, i wish more asians were speaking up about it because like you know not that i I don't even like using the word Asians. It feels dirty, you know, it's like it's like it, the, the left, they, they like to use the word, the term people of color. And that feels just dirty, like slimy, like backwards. It, it feels like saying the word colored, you know? Absolutely. It feels like calling them colored people. It yep. feels backwards and regressive. And it, it's amazing that more people don't hear themselves doing this. So I think it's just, we need to be the mirror for a little bit we just need to like let society reflect on itself and just be like guys is this really what you mean is this like let's follow your logic let's take that to the conclusion is this really the world you want to live in
1: it's Uh, disgusting because people like to hide behind the more radical i'd say black intellectuals uh like people like ta-nehisi coates mm -hmm. which i actually have a, I'm um, probably his ideological mortal enemy, uh, because it's all about just, just racial grievance, and it's not what someone like Martin Luther King wanted. And I, I do understand people are just like, well, Martin Luther King was fairly radical in uh, economics and some social justice stuff. But his messaging on race is the exact opposite of what so uh, you know, race conversations are right now. Yeah. He, he, he taught, you know, we are brothers, end of story, all. You know capital A,
0: all. Yes. His message all, on race yes. was crystal fucking clear. If it was. you have any doubt, Go binge watch YouTube for however long. Go find every little last bit of footage of him out there. Read everything that he ever fucking wrote. Nowhere did he ever say, you know, and I had somebody confront me on my profile about this um, because, you know, and I I forget who this is. I apologize. Was it Jordy? It might have been Jordy Saying that like, no, he marched on Washington to get for reparations. And I, I was like, no, he marched on Washington for a guaranteed income for everyone regardless of who they were and he's he's saying oh no it's my we are people we're coming to washington we're marching and i'm like you are twisting his words in a really 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 ugly way and again i understand how problematic this is for two uh cisgendered white guys to sit here Telling people what Martin Luther King really would have wanted, but it it is so backwards to what if you listen to the what the guy actually said, it's so backwards. It is to the level of if you've seen that um, the Mr. Rogers meme. Uh, of, like, the alternate universe, Mr. Rogers, where he's like wearing a mustache and it's like all children are weak. It really is like that level of wrong. You are really that wrong about Martin Luther King when you say that shit. He was not an Afrocentrist, he was not, you know trying to get you know like let's all all us brown folk you know like and that's such an ugly portrayal and we are well on a tangent but this is good this is this is exactly what the outrage machine is trying to do is to draw connections between all of these things because it's the same phenomenon unfolding in a lot of different domains um you know in environmentalism is, is a big one and I think that it actually is pretty important that we brought up uh race in this conversation because that is a that is one of the cards that they're playing, you know, that this is a racial injustice problem that we need to solve climate change so that the brown people don't suffer so much. And I'm like, no, we need to solve climate change because we need to solve fucking climate change for the future of all of us. Like, and that's a better reason.
1: <laughs> yep. And I and I am gonna be brutally honest, and I think a lot of us pro-nuclear people are actually so serious about climate change that we were willing to do all the research about different sources of power. Uh, But it's going to be probably the hardest thing we've ever solved as a society. Like, here's, like, the scale of it. If we – I saw something crazy. Like, we would have to build one, one gigawatt nuclear power plant every day for, like, 30 years to bring emissions to a hard zero by 2050. Like one Terrifying. nuclear power plant, and, and and we are, you know, it's that's that's the sobering reality, and we just cannot let uh, let uh, the the non-science people win this argument because we cannot fail. We we there's no reason to try to trust, you know, the future of the planet to a bunch of social justice warriors. And I truly, and I truly believe that. And I'm getting lots of trouble for that sometimes saying that, but it's, it's just true. Uh, Even,
0: even the term social justice warriors, it's derisive uh, because, and it's derisive on purpose, like, because we all want justice in our society. That is something that we should all strive for. But the thing that sets these people aside is that, they're ideologues, they don't care how they get it and they don't care if they have to abandon all reason to get it in, um, like I said, you know, like the facts don't matter. I saw some scorecard, some environmental group rated the top candidates on their uh, environmental uh, policy or their climate justice policy. And they gave Andrew like a C minus or something. And lo and behold, shocker, shocker, uh, Bernie and Warren are at the top and they both want to eliminate nuclear power. And you bring up an excellent fucking point that like the problem is so much fucking bigger than most people realize. It's not just about, oh, we need to build a couple more solar panels. I I (laughs) ran into this thing because I was like, no, we absolutely like anybody standing in the way of nuclear power is standing in the way of fighting climate change. Let's yeah. get ourselves to a zero carbon economy and then we can compare the dick sizes of solar and nuclear, like point blank, like we have, well, it's side. not
1: even, it's not even a contest. I, you know, I've, because I should be a coalition builder. I like to say, okay, let's throw everything we have, which is true. Like if you have a windy area, put up a wind turbine. If you have a place that gets sun most of the time, put up some solar panels, but that, that is sprinkled should be sprinkled in with a deeply nuclear society where everything is run from a nuclear reactor. We need to get to that point. I mean, it's, it's just scientifically, it's always been, that's always been the future. It, yeah. it always has been like, uh, uh th- you know, the solar revolution and the wind revolution, uh, you know, that people keep touting like this guy named Amory Lovins from the Rocky Mountain Institute, just, he's been wrong for the like, last 40 years on, you know, we're, we're about to reach a wind and solar like panacea anytime now. Right. It's just like, it's like, we're still waiting for fusion. You know what I'm trying to say? and yeah.
0: Except fusion is actually probably coming a lot sooner than like scalable, scalable quote unquote renewables, you know, cause they work on large scale. And this has been very much been my argument is that we need all the options on the table. We need solar panels. We need wind turbines. We need hydropower. We need geothermal. What's all the fucking cards on the table? If you are fighting for climate justice, if you have to frame it in that in those terms, and you're fighting on climate change, and you are fighting against nuclear power, you are shooting yourself in the dick, like. You are, you are actually hurting the cause because this is the thing that we need. And so much of it is just based off of, I don't understand how that works. It's the same reason people hate GMOs because they're like, oh no, that's icky. They put frog DNA in my tomato. And you have to understand that there is no such thing as frog DNA to be able to understand why those arguments are bad, but that takes a little bit of homework you know and this is the same thing you see this in vaccinations oh i am my own kids pediatrician because i know best i can google best you know i know about feeding my family i know the agricultural policies to to impose on developing nations and that is kind of like the epitome of this you know white imperialist oh those poor those poor browns you know like we should tell them what's best. You know, there's so much of that kind of like, just whole like so much of it is like, let them eat cake. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's so detached. It's like, you don't, you guys don't really understand what's going on here. And you're not willing to even, you're not even really willing to read a one paragraph explaining what the actual problem is, you know? And like, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie—they're not Bernie. They're not evil. If they read a single fucking paragraph that explained, you know, why they were wrong on nuclear, and went, "Oh, you know what? Like, huh?" But they're just—it's laziness. It's intellectual laziness, and their fandoms yeah, yeah. are just. Totally and people, act,
1: and people act like just because people vote for something that they're well informed, like democracy above all else. No, I do not want the, you know, the majority of people deciding how we get our energy it's not up to them it's it's up to science and you know uh the laws of thermodynamics for christ's sake uh you cannot uh it's it's not something you can't believe your way out of it you know what i'm trying to say (laughs) so i just don't think i i no no uh because i i honestly think pure democracy is as bad as an idea as like pure authoritarianism oh it totally
0: is it totally you know, is it's an extremist that, yeah. it's an extremist view look at the percentage yes. of the population here in the US that thinks the earth is 6000 years old if we let right. those people make our public school curricula we are going back to the fucking stone age guys there is this whole death of expertise thing where like yes you know it feels oh it's elitist it's imperialist oh we don't want this you know elitist shit and You know, I take Sam Sam Harris's you know argument on this is just like no, you there are certain domains where you want the most elite. If you get a fucking brain tumor, you don't want the you're not going to go down to Tijuana and get a fucking like budget thing with a Black and Decker drill. You're going to go to the most elite neurosurgeon in the world. You want that elitist. You know that's the dream. We want the best of the best of the best of the best, and that you know, direct democracy is that falling apart of, it's this equalization of no, it, and it is kind of communist actually, it's cause it like, is. no, everybody, these are our tools, you know, and it very much is that like, uh, you know, nobody, and, but we need to be able to admit as a society, you know, like, no, like the experts I, 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 in that should make that like you as a pleb as a mere you know gutter person you should not be making that policy that's why we have fucking experts right hey 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 stop
1: and and what I get tired of is sorry
0: dogs are going nuts
1: uh is that <laughs> there sorry one second
0: it happens I'll put in some elevator music.
1: Okay. Hey, stop
0: it now! Stop. No mice. Go way down, man. Go way down. Go way down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking t- every once in a while, fucking happens, man.
1: <sighs> yeah. So I mean, I I've talked to some communists before, and it's 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 really a very twisted view of the world um it's they don't like hierarchy at all or at least they say that oh eventually we'll reach like a stateless utopia i'm just like okay clearly there is a huge hierarchy in the soviet union uh you know the, hierarchies just exist in in mankind and uh people also don't like this idea of like it's like they're rejecting meritocracy
0: yes and, and that is absolutely. terrible.
1: That's terrible because if we do not try to reach a society that's based on meritocracy, it will fall apart. It will fall apart because it's that's the better way to organize society than have random tyrants show up. You know what I'm saying? Like if if we want people to be in a position of of position to lead, we need to make sure that they're the best for the job. And and we should not try to be like, oh, I don't know, get antibiotics, not antibiotics, identity politics, just screw it all up. Uh, because, I, and, and this goes back to kind of communist ideas, they don't want to live in a hierarchy where everyone is equal. Well, that's just never going to happen. When I mean equal, you know, where everyone's outcomes are the same you know
0: what i'm saying yeah it is that they don't want equality of opportunity they want equality of outcome they want us to be these these monotone gray (laughs) you know like single gender single race (laughs) you know like weird species with no defining characteristics at all while at the same time they're touting their you know their identity on their sleeves it's it's paradoxical it makes no sense but like this whole this explains why donald trump is our president the death of expertise explains why the richest most powerful country in the world put that fucking jackass in the most important hardest fucking job in human history i mean think of the magnitude of that office and look at who he gave it to and this is the exact same thing that explains the anti-vaccine thing and the anti-gmo thing and the anti-nuclear thing and in the anti-academic thing attacking science for being white and imperialist this is picking up i've noticed in the last you know like few weeks or whatever there've been a couple things that have gone viral about people saying that like on, on college campuses, which we are, you and I are going to get into this as well, uh, separately, because academia needs like its own series, basically at this point. Um, but it it was this. Hold on one second. Mm. Fuck! Did I lose it? I lose my train of thought. I think I lost my train of thought. Oh fuck! Uh, college campuses, fucking. Oh. Oh yeah, so so there's been this uh this new meme that's being incorporated into the kind of intersectional social justice rhetoric handbook uh whatever <clears throat> that's that just wants to just reject academia outright all of it. You know, like white math. We need to reject mathematics because it was invented by white people, which isn't even fucking true. BT dubs. Uh, if you know, if you're a math nerd and you know the history of where like we got where, what the word algebra, <laughs> where that comes from, you know how ignorant you sound. But, uh, you know, th- there is that like a white history. Oh, we can't trust the white man's version of history because they were colonizers. They're the, you know. And uh, you, I don't know, have you heard anything from from Boone yet? Because she's, I'm bringing her on the team and like, we are all on so much of the same fucking page. And again, like, I think for the audience, the outrage machine might start to sound like a fucking broken record because we're talking about all these different problems, but it's really just one problem (laughs) with society and we're all different, but like, we're all saying, the same thing in terms of like, no individualism. Let's treat people as individuals. Let's get rid of this identity shit. Let's embrace reason and science and say that, you know what? It is okay to say that person in the corner is smarter than that other person. Even if the first person happens to be a man or two inches taller than the other person. And that doesn't mean it's a systemic privilege thing. You know, we need to, <laughs> there is a rational line to draw somewhere here and more people just have to be willing to draw it.
1: Well, you just have to say, no, I've, yeah. uh, I, I've kind of fallen in love with like kind of libertarian idea and that's libertarian ideas. And I was talking to this one person and, you know, I know libertarians can be extreme, so I'm not a complete, you no know, anarcho-capitalist or something, but it's like at some point, if someone's trying to tell you what to do and you aren't harming someone else, you just have to stay, say no. And stick to your guns. Uh, And that's why this, like, outrage for, like, whenever companies or something, you know, uh, when they find something controversial at some point, these companies just gotta be like, well, you're wrong and we don't care. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think that's just what's gonna have to happen where you just never apologize to the mob because you know nothing will make them happy. And it's better than, you know, being a, Basically, a cuck. Uh, to, uh, I mean, I'm serious. Being, it, it's perfect.
0: Yeah. That is literally it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's like, why would you let, why would you let the crazy people, just treat you like that and try to railroad you into an opinion you don't believe? That's that's like that is uh, freaking um, Orwellian beyond all belief, uh, yeah. where you know that you know. Latent falsities are now a truth. No, you just have to say no. I don't agree with that. And uh, this is like kind of a tangent, but I'll get back to the, some of the environmental organizations in a sec. Um, but uh, you have heard of this idea like, oh, that's my lived experience. If mm. I hear that shit one more time, because you know what a lived experience is, Jenner? It's an anecdote. Yes. It is not a representative sample of how society actually is. You know, some people just like shut up and listen to their lived experiences, like it's fact, and be like, "Well, I don't, I don't trust your lived experience because basically other metrics of truth say say otherwise. Like, there's a truth besides what what they're saying, and and when people are just like, "Let's speak my truth," there's no such thing as your truth. There is the truth, you know. And some fields of study are more truthful than others as in like there's hard answers to stuff which is why science is such a different discipline because it it basically is hard this is how it is because we can't experiment our way any other way this is just what experiments show it's it's a hard this is what it is 2
0: plus 2 does not equal fucking 5, and we need more people to be willing to say that, especially in academia. We need more professors to say, you know what? No, I'm sorry. This is not a fucking preschool. You do not get your fucking blankie. If you don't like the biology class, don't be a fucking biology major. If you don't like what I'm teaching about evolution, get the fuck out of my class. I wish more more professors would do that. You Uh, you uh, you,
1: you (laughs) You know Eric Weinstein? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He uh, said it best. He's just like, in your social justice programs, somewhere else, yes, you can think about the world in terms of uh, race and stuff at your own peril, I guess. But he's saying, you try to bring that in the laboratory, I'm going to tell you to get the fuck out. Uh, Because it's essentially like teaching creationism in public school.
0: Yeah, we it's cannot possible. allow it.
1: No, we cannot allow it. You, you are not gonna, you know, hijack the conversation because of your feelings, and you know, call mm. it science. And this anti-science attitude is is been playing the environmental movement. It actually, the inception of the environmental movement, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, said it right, was when we were able to see the the Earth on a trip to the moon. Um, yeah the the famous Earthrise photo and that kind of got people to be like oh crap hey this is a planet that we're all living on and it's fucking fragile so let's you know be a little bit more cautious right but but then it it led to a lot of fear-mongering too like what was that one lady who wrote the book silent spring
0: oh um, jesus what's her name she's a big um anti-gmo person too Oh, uh, uh, she's kind of propped up like Erin Brockovich as this like ultimate she-warrior. God, what the fuck is her name? Silence. I know exactly who you're talking about.
1: Rachel Carson. Thank you. And this came in 1962. And the thing about so that's you know even, but I mean that was kind of when the space exploration was kind of at an all-time high. Mm. Um, she uh. Was very concerned about DDT, which mm-hmm. is a pesticide. And, you know, to a chemist or someone that understands science.
0: You can go ahead. I just, I just killed my mic
1: oh. and at him.
0: Shut up! Yeah, we're good. Go ahead.
1: Um, DDT, uh, uh, DDT and to anybody that understands science, it's uh, you can't say something like all chemicals are bad or this come chemi- or like all artificial chemicals are bad. You need to do, you need to study them. And sometimes a chemical can be bad in one way, but extremely good in another. There's no, you know, there's no perfect chemical. Everything has a true, Trade off and like DDT was great at like keeping mosquito populations at bay, but mm-hmm. there was like a, a ban on it. I'm just like, no one's saying we should just drink the stuff and just put it everywhere. Let's monitor bugs and stuff that it, it, it affects in the ecosystem, but don't just ban it outright because that led to d- millions of deaths of malaria. Like, that's yeah. that's that is the outcome of being. An anti-science environmentalist is and, and especially becomes mainstream is that it's literally lies that become uh you know the the dogma of the day and it causes it causes people to die you know not it's not it's like not murder or something but it's it's
0: it's, it's almost not, worse yeah I'm calling right. I'm calling parts of this genocidal stupidity because it really is yeah. that fucking stupid and it it ultimately Phil and I th- I think you'd agree with this it's terrorism working that's what we're seeing we we are watching we are watching terrorism work when these people storm in and they say, no, it doesn't matter. The math doesn't matter. We're here. We have our torches. We have our pitchforks. The facts don't matter. If you don't, you know, side with us, you're, you're with us or you're against us. It very much is that it is fucking terrorism in action. And a lot of institutions have allowed it to work within their ranks. And this isn't just an environmental issue. Um, Uh, it's it's brilliant that you brought up chemistry because that's such a perfect example because Americans by and large, or I think people in the West aren't chemically literate. They don't necessarily understand that they are chemicals and where those chemicals came from was created in a fucking star that exploded billions of years ago and seeded the you know, this corner of the galaxy. They don't have that level of understanding So
1: And how they think think somehow, quote-unquote, natural is somehow, like, a perfect balance. Like, uh, we learned this, you know, I I just thank God I chose science uh, as something to study. But, like, in our evolution class, we uh, read this book called Paleo Fantasy, which talks kind of about this idea that, like, hunter-gatherer humans were perfectly adapted to their environment. That's not how evolution works. You are not... You are never perfectly adapted. Everything is a trade off. Uh, it, it's basically what evolution is: is if you are strong enough to live, eat, and fuck and reproduce, you won. That's it. That's all you like. That's all you need to do to reproduce. If if you have enough favorable traits that allow you to survive, you win. That's it. It's not. It's not like natural some perfect thing. Like like mm. for for Christ's sake, like aquifers in China have natural arsenic you know, why that, that doesn't mean that na- n- nature will kill you. And it, doesn't oh, it, will. Fuck.
0: it It absolutely doesn't
1: will. Fuck. <laughs> and that's why science has enabled humans to basically understand the universe so well that we are able to, uh, prevent the universe from killing us. Honestly, that's what it, that's what it is. It's, it allows us to just not rely on the cruelty of nature, um, and I I get pretty tired of some people who like idolize pre modern society like it was somehow the best ever. It, it very much wasn't. We hunted animals to extinction because we could, and uh, we were. You know, we didn't do like livestock domestication. Um, yeah. So we basically just learned how to make make nature not kill as many people. How many billions?
0: Everybody... sorry how many billions of people died from diarrhea? You know?
1: Exactly. Like, that like really
0: people. it really is a level of ignorance. Like anthrax is natural. Snake venom is natural. Plutonium is natural. We have lead well, plutonium, in our groundwater here. Plut- you know?
1: Plutonium plutonium isn't is it it's actually not natural in that I meant our... uranium.
0: I oh, meant right, uranium.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, well, I had a grand plut-
0: part, plut- but of course my nuclear yeah. friend is the one to call um <laughs> uh, but well, it is i i a final thought on the on the chemical literacy thing because they don't understand that that explains why they are afraid of things like aspartame yeah. and uh monosodium glyphosate. glutamate glyphosate mm-hmm. uh and MSG all of these kind of innocuous compounds that are most of them man-made most of them synthesized most of them the safest most effective thing that we've ever had You know, way safer than anything in nature, but people are going, "Oh no, it's unsafe because it's a chemical." And I'm like, "Oh man, where do we even start?" First, let me explain what a chemical is. You know, like you have to take back the first principles with these fucking people. I guess. By
1: the the way, glyphosate, glyphosate is a miracle chemical. It, It 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 makes farming so much more efficient and better for the environment because you don't have to till soil as much. It's, you know, people get sketched out on like the method of, of, of how it works because it's spraying stuff, but they don't understand It's, it's, it's one of the more gentle, you know, almost not like it's the most, one of the most non-toxic things you can, you can cultivate plants with. And it, it, it it makes us have to use less other quote unquote, chemicals you know so
0: yeah this one is extremely frustrating because i will tell you exactly how glyph how how innocuous glyphosate is as a compound
1: i know you um, can drink it like salt water but salt water came to t-
0: it. i would i wouldn't go that far i'm not going to say drink this stuff but the the active ingredient that you're going to find in herbicides whether they be household or commercial glyphosate that compound by itself cannot react with your biology we don't possess the metabolic pathway um this involves shikimic it's the shikimic acid pathway or the sh- shikimate s-h-i-k-i-m-a-t-e this is a metabolic pathway that exists in plants they use it to biosynthesize the aromatic am- amino acids that they need to live basically
1: electric this, defense-
0: Yes, tryptophan is one of them. Uh, I don't remember the the rest of them off. The, uh, I, I want to say one. They sound like uh, ingredients in energy drinks. <laughs> it's like they they need these like basic these basic fundamental things. They need to be able to make them to survive. And when you introduce glyphosate, it just cuts off the path that allows them to do that. And that's why the plant dies. It's not because you're poisoning it. You're not. It's like the stuff is virtually non toxic. If you compare it. Laboratory toxicological studies. This stuff is less toxic than table salt or uh, ibuprofen, aspirin, vitamin D. I mean, like literally a glass of milk. The vitamin D in a glass of milk, I'm pretty sure, is way more toxic to your system than any trace amounts in the parts per billion of one of the safest things we've ever used that like it breaks down so rapidly and corn is a great example i we are getting such a tangent but i fucking love it because ag is huge like when they spray corn it's before the actual corn part even grows so the part that's food never even gets sprayed and they only have to apply this shit once per year they apply it at a rate uh a lot of the it environmental kind of extremists will say look at you know they they oh they're in hazmat suits oh they're dumping gallons and gallons and gallons you know what the the average rate for applying glyphosate is in the u.s on our on our farms which are over 99% family owned they're not owned by some big chemical mega corporation they apply this stuff at a rate of about a soda can to a soda can and a half per acre, per football field. That is taking a can of Pepsi, okay, and putting it in a fucking Zamboni and applying it to an entire football field. This shit is so non-toxic to begin with and then you're diluting it and spreading it out but it's so effective at doing what it does because it was only made to do that and it's not physically able to do the thing if the life forms don't possess that pathway like we don't have it um microbes also have this pathway in our gut which is another thing that the fear mongers like to say oh no because we have this thing in our gut they have that pathway well how do you know you're not killing them ding um <laughs> ding this is this is an addendum i'm re- i'm recording this after the after the fact and i didn't bother plugging the microphone back in because it already got fucked up but um i didn't elaborate on this point but i i should um the reason that that's not a concern specifically in the gut is because all of these aromatic amino acids that we're talking about are abundant in our guts like they're just chock-a-block so the microbes don't actually need the to biosynthesize them by themselves because they're readily available in the environment and there's been no evidence to suggest that glyphosate negatively impacts the gut microbiome at all so anyway (laughs) it's so complicated and so nuanced but just look at the numbers i mean that's really all you need to do look at the numbers don't listen to the rhetoric because when wine growers in france started to hear this roundup oh no roundup is uh melt we cannot use this. the roundup is bad because you can tell all the wine growers in france <laughs> abandoned of roundup
1: the of smokers <laughs> in the world
0: i know right but uh their alternative is is copper sulfate um i believe i'm getting this wrong i believe i'm getting this right if i'm getting it wrong uh ag peeps i have lots of ag peeps please correct me but uh co- copper sulfate is actually a fungicide, but I think it functions similarly as an herbicide. And the wine growers in France who've been doing this for centuries bought into this glyphosate scare. They stopped using it. They started using this copper sulfate, which does not biodegrade. Glyphosate breaks down in the soil it 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 binds to the soil tightly and then it it degrades, um, into a product, oh, of amylphenolate, something like that. Uh <laughs> AMPA, AMPAM, that it's AMPA. Anyway, from there it goes into like carbon dioxide and nitrogen. So in terms of like in terms of environmental safely safety, this thing is is just it's only temporary. You spray it on yeah it, oh, no, no, it no, no, turns into natural shit, but copper spray, that builds up in the soil and they went back. The wine growers said, Oh, this is horrible. We're going back to, we're killing our soil by reverting to this backwards bullshit. We're going to go back to the modern shit. Yeah. So it's a perfect example. Organ,
1: yeah. There's like, Oh, let's, let's just spray metal on our fucking food. <laughs> like, like that's basically yeah. what it is. Just, Oh, w- well, it's not even, it's like, why not use an organic molecule for Christ's sake? like, and organic, by the way, is not the food organic. Food organic Correct. is a complete scam and is actually worse for the environment.
0: Thank you. Thank you. No, that's absolutely true.
1: Oh, and uh, and and uh, just because I want to kind of keep stay on track here. Uh, yes. The, you know, everyone, does anybody know, everyone on this podcast, I think, should know about golden rice and how- Definitely. And how, again, like- it, it's it's when scientific ignorance kills people. When uh, f- golden rice, I think, what is it? It provides beta carotene, or some yes, precursor it, to like vitamin E or something.
0: It it is a a rice. We're actually talking about golden rice too. Um, to get technical, because this was an idea that popped up a long time ago. If we got rice to produce beta carotene, which is the thing that makes carrots orange. Like your grandma always told you, uh, carrots make or for your eyes is because beta carotene. Your system turns beta carotene into vitamin A, which is associated with vision and and eye health. But in a lot of places in the developing world, they they have a lot of crops that they produce, but those crops aren't naturally rich in beta carotene, so they have vitamin A deficiency. This leads to blindness and deaths in millions of children every year. And it is because of groups like Greenpeace that are holier than thou saying, no, you can't have this life-saving technology even though it's completely safe. We have decades to back this shit up. It's not being put in place because of this terrorism working thing. It is starting to be approved in a couple places, which is very good to see. The biotech success stories are wonderful. Seeing the success of BT brinjal, which is the um, insect-resistant eggplant, that's oh, yeah, out there.
1: You end up using less less BT, almost none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't.
0: It's... You're not spraying shit on the plant because the plant can defend itself. And this is something that we learned from nature. If you guys are scared by the word pesticide, let me let me blow your fucking mind right now. Over 99.99, that's 99.99 of all of the pesticides that you consume through your diet are natural compounds that are produced by the plants themselves as a defense mechanism against pests. These are, that's the I don't eat me thing. And guess what, motherfucker? You love some of these things. Caffeine is one of them. Caffeine is a is a pesticide that is naturally produced by the plant.
1: Capsaicin.
0: To, yes, capsaicin, which makes uh, peppers spicy. Th- that that thing that like, oh my gosh, this is hot in my mouth. Yeah, the plant made that to say, don't eat me, motherfucker. That's a pesticide that kills plants. Bugs, whatever, you know what I mean. Nicotine is another one. And we we use these compounds. Neonicotinoids are a good one good example because there are compounds that we use in agriculture now that are based off of that so we have a nicotine based one that we used we're using the plant's own defense mechanism against the bugs to kill the bugs and there's um uh, one that's uh, pyrethrins is a huge class of pesticides that's very popular and it's popular in organic agriculture because the main the main compound that this whole thing is based off of is derived from chrysanthemum blossoms so you will just have to if you have to list your pesticide application you can just put oh chrysanthemum blossoms but like yeah if you are a human and you walk through the forest and you eat a bunch of chrysanthemum blossoms you're going to get a fucking badass stomach ache and probably get diarrhea and maybe die because they're super poisonous you know like just because you found it in nature does not mean it's good for you like Go but, but, walk but through the forest you, and eat a bunch of mushrooms. See how that works out.
1: <laughs> but don't you know, Jenner, the bees are dying. Like that's another scientific myth that's out there. It's like, like yeah. uh, I, I, I when people say, oh, we're trying to save the bees. The bees are fine. I, I don't know if maybe I'm misreading that, but from what I've heard, it's like, it's not like we're facing an extinction of bees. We've just haven't been good at keeping them like we used to is what I've heard. You we,
0: can... we just haven't been good at getting people to read past the headlines. That's what the problem is. Cause you've probably heard this, uh, listener at some point that the bees are going to go away. And if the bees go away, we're going to lose all our food. Cause they pollinate our food. That is such extreme hyperbole that is so far from the truth. It's not even funny. So for a long time, they were trying to blame the nicotine based pesticides saying, Oh, look that this is the thing. It's this pesticide. This is killing the bees. Uh, extensive studies did not support that neonicotinoids will alter some behavior. They get like jittery and, and forgetful, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it, it doesn't kill them. It just disorients them as far as it in the studies that have been com- completed. And that's only within certain species with it, within some, it actually helps them, you know, so you have to be able to ignore the statistical noise there. The thing that people are freaking out about, is called colony collapse disorder and this right. is something that will uh, that will affect a hive and spread throughout the hive rapidly killing everything and it's a big problem for commercial beekeepers um they you know your your colony they get colony collapse disorder and then and then they're just gone it's it spreads like a virus just like illness spreads throughout humans it, it's something the exact same thing happening but the main driver of this is not is not a chemical that we're using the main driver of colony collapse disorder among wild populations anyway has been human expansion so just a taking over their habitat um and b a natural parasite called the varroa mite var right yeah like so this is a natural mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's just like lice and this is just an infection that they get and if you buy into the headline, the rhetoric, oh no, it's glyph- glyphosate kills the flowers, bees need flowers, therefore glyphosate's bad, ban glyphosate. Like th- that short, condensed kind of cliff notes logic doesn't work if you extrapolate out and you play it out in the fucking, you know, in, in, in the big term, you know what I'm saying? Like-
1: Yeah, and, and back to like, the more the the more greater point is a lot of this stuff a lot of the quote unquote environmental rhetoric is pure mythology man it's like uh like we're talking about stuff that is totally counter the logic of what people have been told uh uh like oh uh glyphosate's bad no it's actually extremely good for humans and the earth if we're gonna you know have all these people uh What's another thing? Uh, Nuclear power. Oh, the uh, traditional environmental movement will say it's an evil, bad thing that's poisoning everybody. No, it's the exact opposite. It's uh, up is up is down. Down is up. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, war is peace. You know, just crazy. Vaccines
0: (laughs) cause autism. Right. right, You know, (laughs) it's such (laughs) a fucking backward, stupid bullshit thing. Um,
1: uh, Let's see. Neonicotinoids are killing all the bees. Clearly, that's not like the case. Um, it's I don't know where I'm going with this, but it you can just see it's dripping with science denial, and that comes at our it, it really comes at our our expense, and we might perish from this because if we make sweeping policies not based on science, we can really fuck ourselves over, like horribly and i honestly think that that's what the what's happened with climate change and i mean i'm going to piss some people off by saying this but wind and solar are a scam they have always been a scam yes it's kind of cool technology they have some cool components and cool motors and you know cool material science but they are not going to do anything for humanity they just they just aren't and it it's almost like this is one of the biggest frauds ever perpetrated by humanity in my opinion just because the data of something like nuclear just makes it look mentally retarded to try to to try to get all of our energy from weather. It's it's stupid, and we, we've just we've bought into it. And honestly, you know, this is maybe my conspiratorial thinking, but I I think part of it is because of misinformation spread by one of the most evil industries ever. Uh, which is the fossil fuel industry, uh, and I'm not saying we don't need energy, you know. But I'm just saying they've they've gotten to the point now where they've uh, basically convinced people it doesn't exist on one side, and they've convinced people on the other side that oh, we're going to greenwash our image by putting up some windmills and solar panels and say oh look at look at how woke, eco-conscious we are when that just gives them more license to burn more gas behind the scenes. Because uh, when your wind doesn't blow and your uh, sun doesn't shine, where do you get the energy? Yeah, they we have people saying, oh, we're going to have giant batteries. That's bullshit. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. There are no huge batteries. There are no huge batteries. You know this Elon Musk horse shit of like, oh, we're going to get a battery pack that's the size of your fucking house to give you like a week's worth of power. Okay, well, hey, dipshit, what if it's cloudy and not windy for two weeks? then what do you do? Like, what the fuck? No, we are not, we're not keeping a huge amounts of power in batteries. It's not happening. And it's, it's complete. And, and, and you hear this all the time. It's just not true. They're just like, wind, solar plus storage. Whenever they say plus storage, they're lying. There is no plus storage. The only plus storage we have is hydroelectric dams where you pump water upwards. That's the only place where yes, you can, you can add water to a reservoir and it will hold power there. But that takes a lot of geography, special, special geography to do. It's very expensive. Uh, and again, this, is, this all comes down to uh, feels over reels. It feels good. It feels good to have wind and solar because it's, it, it, it sounds. It just sounds like a, it's a good story. You know, it's, people are like, oh, it's, you know, these windmills are beautiful and, you know, mesmerizing. Yes, they are, but are we more focused on an art project or solving the fucking problem? Uh, This, I mean, uh, and I I know I'm biased because I'm pro-nuclear, but it's like total 180 on nukes. like. like in the forties when they did polio vaccine, people were just like, Oh my God, we are living in the wonder years. Right. And now it's controversial to get a fucking measles shot. Cause these people are, I'm going on a big rant here. Sorry guys, but
0: no, I, I, I love it. It it used to be, and this is kind of a part of another thing. MindLive is trying to do is to bring that back because like science used to be cool. Like, Like, when when the polio vaccine came out, what was it, Uh, Elvis Presley, like, made headlines and made it go viral because he got a, you know, he had a a newspaper article taking a picture of him, you know, getting the shot. And then everybody went out and got the shot because it was like, of course. And then, you know, back then, the vision of nuclear power and space travel and everything, it's the future, you know, by the year 2000, we'll be living in colonies on Mars, you know, like it just like (laughs) We need to get back to that. We need to bring back the World Fair. We need to bring back, like, expertise is cool. Yeah. Science he, is cool. And, 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 <laughs>
1: like, and, and, and so they they knew about climate back in the 60s, too. That that was a oh, thing. Lord. They understood it. And a lot of – there's this – I've probably talked about this before, but this guy named uh, Alvin Weinberg, who is one of the biggest uh, – was one of the biggest, like, uh nuclear humanist i i would say nuclear scientist uh that worked for the department of energy and the like national labs uh he helped try to they were doing a fun project they were trying to make a airplane reactor but it turns out making a nuclear <laughs> reactor on an airplane just is never going to work like yeah, I remember just a ton that right right <laughs> uh but 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 he was saying you know hey this is could be our way around you know a, a resource shortage that could hurt a lot of people. Uh, like like once we had, think because basically, essentially what nuclear power is, it's unlimited carbon-free electricity forever, as much as you want and whenever you want it. That's what it means. And uh, f- they were concerned about climate change. The, they called it the carbon dioxide issue or something like that. And it's just like, dang, now we can give people you know, energy without pollution re- get, get them out of poverty, uh, and save the planet. Yay. Uh, and, and that used to be kind of part of the reason why people liked nuclear back then. It's cause it was like, Oh, no more poverty. That's basically what they saw it as no more poverty. Um, uh, and then we had, uh, people like David Brower, of fucking Sierra club, uh, who like, Basically, does anybody know what a NIMBY is? Not in my backyard. Mm. So basically, okay, so this guy named David Brower, he took over the Sierra Club, and he basically turned them off of nuclear power. Why? Because he did not want any more people moving to California. That's the reason. It was like, oh, what does infinite energy mean? It means there's going to be more people in my area, you know, fucking with my view of the ocean. and. That is kind of true to an extent, but once you get out of energy poverty, you produce less. You have less kids, and you have more meaningful lives. And uh, it's actually the cure to overpopulation is is the ability to not be in subsistence labor. And it, it sickens me when you know, like they say, "Oh, we don't want Africa to have these these crops because." we're scared of the technology. I'm just like, that is the most like privileged thing ever. If we're going to ever talk about privilege, um, it's, it's to say, oh, they don't deserve what I deserve. No, we, we want, we should want people to have, you know, clean, clean electricity and as much of it as possible. Uh, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a sign of well being And, uh, And and that's where like I think the environmental movement can really get counterproductive is if they deny science and then they kind of don't care about the well-being of the world's poor. Uh, I mean, I know that's kind of a a tangent, but uh,
0: it's it's no, it's the core. That's exactly why you're here because it's like if you are a member of Greenpeace, for example and you pay a monthly subscription or the Sierra Club or um, those those are the two at the top of my list for like re- oh and Friends of the Earth
1: Friends of the Earth is off. Friends
0: of the Earth is at the top of my list too if you if you are giving to this or these organizations because you know it's some altruistic thing that you do to feel better about yourself because you feel like you're helping you're actually hurting these yeah, these organizations are no longer nonprofits they are for-profit disinformation machines, which is yes. why they blow up your inbox with constant reminders. Hey, get, give us money, give us money. We're we're saving the world. We're saving we're the bees. We're saving Trump. the whales. We're going to beat Trump. Exactly. They're all doing it credo. Um, what's that other one? NRDC, Our Daily Cause. There's a bunch of these. There's a bunch of these like kind of like quasi nonprofit looking things that have popped up that people assume are all like well and good and holy you know but but it's even because the old ones like greenpeace have been hijacked like greenpeace used to be awesome you know they were never perfect but they used to be awesome now they're a fucking eco-terrorist organization like now by supporting these organizations your money is going to making sure your money is going to spreading anti-science propaganda that is literally killing people yeah, by uh, the by, the millions
1: and in I've the developing world. Seeing this, the pro-nuclear movement is winning the internet. We are, we are, we are winning. We see every time I see it's like nuclear posts that are negative. I see like a good, healthy percentage of the yeah. comments just like, "No, fuck that, that's bullshit." And it's it it it's it's great because I think people are starting to really wake up to it, and I think. History in the future, I'm not saying history is like the right part of history. I hate that phrase because history mm-hmm. is just history. There's no morally right part of history. It just is. Uh, they will see the anti-nuclear movement as one of the most destructive and fucked up plunders we've ever had. Because because literally, and, and, and they might cause climate change to kill us all. And, oh, I'm a doomer or whatever. And I I know I have a lot of conservative friends that are just like, oh, you're just being, you're just being overly dramatic. I'm, I'm sorry, but climate change is the thing where we cannot take any fucking chances.
0: This is the thing. And you know what? We've had people standing in our way for half a fucking century and I'm not talking about the fossil fuel industry. The fossil fuel industry is absolutely standing in our way, but you know what? So is the environmental movement, guys.
1: Which are often are we,
0: in the- in Fringe the parts products. of it anyway. You Which know, often, I will- yep.
1: They're often in I, the pockets of, 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 of gas. Like Sierra Club used to take a lot from gas. Yeah, because um, a, a lot of, of
0: it's just PR, damage control. Yep. And, you know, and like just, the Koch just, brothers owning, you know, shares in PBS or whatever it's at the same and kind of it,
1: shit. And I just want people, uh, just, just really quick, just so the listeners know, if you please do not subscribe to Greenpeace, they're awful. Do not subscribe <laughs> to CR Club, they're awful. Do not subscribe to Friends of the Earth, they're awful. Do not uh, subscribe to National Resource Defense Council, they're awful.
0: NRDC, yep, that's even, another big
1: one. Even the World Wildlife Foundation. Some uh, things of them, okay. but but uh, uh, there, there are some good... Uh, what's a, what's a good one?
0: Uh, I can't think of any, you know, I, I had one, I had one, which was, uh, the world, um, or, um, the optimum population trust, which was, uh, this was keyed into my brain a few years ago by David Attenborough.
1: Nature Conservancy. Uh, Nature Conservancy. Okay. Yeah. That's another one. Uh, that, that is
0: a good one. Uh, Optimum Population Trust used to be this like strategic, like, hey, we're going to have too many people. Like we need to figure out how to do that in a way that's not genocide, yeah. basically. So it's all about educating and empowering women, smaller family sizes, improved livelihoods. Yep. It started off like that all very well and good. And then they did the same thing. They went down the rabbit hole and they started to get into this environmental, oh, we need to save the bees thing just because they're they're just going off the headlines they're going off the cliff notes nobody is clicking on the article phil that's the fucking problem nobody's clicking on the fucking article they just want to repost (laughs) they don't care even if they're presidential fucking candidates they don't care if they know their shit they're just reposting for fucking retweets it's oh
1: uh, it's sick let me just say this (laughs) um if uh, if the Green New Deal, the conservatives give them a lot of shit, and they deserve to. The Green New Deal is the most absurd, horseshit, pie-in-the-sky nonsense I've ever fucking read. And I say this as someone that's deeply concerned about climate change. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, If um, you
0: disagree with Phil, go fucking read it. Have yeah, you read please, it? Probably not. Probably. But you're probably, were you just, were you pissed off just now? Did you have a little outrage tick in your brain that went like, oh, did he just call the new, the green new deal bullshit? Uh, have you read it, bitch? Uh, that's what our, <laughs> that's what we're trying to get you to do. Think about it. Actually look into this shit. Like, cause the people who are paying attention are going like, guys, this is fucking nonsense. It, <laughs> well,
1: it makes energy wonks, not wonks. I mean, I'm not even an expert, but I just know a lot of shit. So, Maybe I'm more of an expert than not because I've, I just read a lot about this shit. Um, It's, it's, it it, it makes like people that understand the realities of energy scream. And, you know, people talk, be like, Oh, how dare you get on Greta's case? Greta, Greta Thunberg. I I don't look, Mm -hmm. I don't blame Greta. She is, you know, she, she has a, uh, uh she's slightly autistic so that you know it makes you see the world in a different way and i, I could see that a lot of the rhetoric out there that's so like too much doom is is kind of productive to you know a young person like her and i think she's gotten just kind of kind of jaded by the whole thing and uh but people it's emotional like, yeah well it's, people it's act not like, a
0: rational thing for greta as much as like her heart is in the right place, but it's not a rational thing. She's very emotionally driven. You can tell when she speaks. That's why she became a superstar is because she's emotionally impassioned. She, you can, you can feel the pain in her soul. Her, her heart but, is in the right place. She's yeah. like our planet is dying. We need to do something.
1: But here's she has
0: the, a lot of voices in her ears telling the wrong,
1: telling her it, wrong shit. Exactly, and and here's the kicker: people act like any. Any criticism of her is just you being a outraged a male, male conservative yeah. yep. that hates women and when people speak out and makes you just so uncomfortable. What what I my problem with Greta is what is the solution she's offering? There aren't any that she's offering. And I don't expect her to offer them, but to just get up there and say, figure it out, you guys, do it now change the way everything in society works to somehow magically make it so no carbon dioxide's emitted. I'm just like, that's never going to happen. No one is going to... People have this idea, oh, we have to redo every way we look at society to be zero emissions. I'm sorry. Societal restructuring does not solve the emissions problem. Even if you're a you know, communist utopia, if you still use energy, because, believe it or not, communists are still highly industrialized people like they they suck at lots of stuff but i'm just saying the soviet union was very industrialized uh they you know they basically forced people to work but still nonetheless they still used heavy industry um and yeah uh, there's no magical way we can reorganize society to be carbon neutral here's here's what we have to do is we have to make it so It is too expensive to pollute carbon dioxide. That's the only way around this to push things in the right direction because right now the fossil fuel industry has a license to just pollute everyone's air for free. If anything, we pay them to do it. We give them subsidy. (laughs) And and, uh, so this is an economics problem and we need to solve it as an economics problem. And then you have these far- Fucking commune leftist people that are like, uh, oh, capitalism's the problem. You know, we we have to we have to end the whole system uh, of of extractive capitalism. Uh, and I'm and I'm like, so what's the alternative? Living off the land that will fuck up more of the earth. Uh, yeah.
0: The alternative is the cave, guys. We're gonna go back the to the cave. Yeah. Throwing rocks and feces at each other and (laughs) grunting—that's that's that's the future. There,
1: yeah. I have. If we do not, if if we start doing energy austerity policies, it's going to kill people. It's going to kill people. It is borderline genocidal, just like denying people GMOs. You, we cannot tell the poor countries to lower their emissions. They're just like, the fuck are you talking about? I still have to shit on the road. You know what I'm saying? like uh, get get out of here with telling me how to live my life. I'm trying to just eat so it's it's a problem of like affluenza and i and i I, I I don't want to go all I hate the rich. I don't hate the rich, uh, but i I think people don't realize that they've benefited so much from things like capitalism. I'm sure there are problems with it now like Andrew Yang talks about, but people have been so blessed by just the bounty. They don't realize what they have until it's gone. And it's same thing with energy. It's very easy for, you know, a lot of these quote unquote coastal liberals or whatever to say, uh, we just need to do energy efficiency. That's, that's, that's not going to work. You, you can't tell people that are already in energy poverty to be more efficient with with their uh, their stuff and not to mention uh oh like here's another bad green policy now that we're talking um the idea that biofuel is fucking renewable energy the the this uh state of vermont the state city of burlington vermont bernie sanders home and by the way I hate Bernie Sanders these days. Sorry. I'm just going to say it. I used to be a big Bernie fan. Hate the guy now just because he's so bad on the environment. And people say, oh, he's the best on the environment. But uh, mm-hmm. the city of Burlington, Vermont, is powered by renewable energy 100%. And they pride themselves into saying that. Like 30% of that is fucking wood chips. They burn wood chips. <laughs> and they think that that's renewable. That's, as, that's the worst. You're putting in more. You might as well not do that and just use coal.
0: Right, coal's more efficient. You're releasing way more carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, all kinds of nasty shit. Uh, it's so backwards. I have so many flags, Phil, and we're I'm I'm good to go for however long you want to go. But I need to get I need to cross off some of these flags because you made so many good points. Where I'm like, oh, I need to respond to that. So I'm gonna do that for a second. Uh, <laughs> on, on criticizing Greta, because this is a perfect thing, because when you try to take a rational, nuanced, fully fleshed out, you know, actual argument against her stance, people aren't willing to entertain that because they see it the same way they saw Trump mocking a disabled reporter. It looks the same to them. It really is that level of callousness and disregard because they don't see it as criticizing the idea. They don't see, they don't see it as you pointing out the flaws in the idea. They see it as you bullying the little autistic girl. And that triggers a very different response. Um, And this is huge. And this is a part of really the outrage for me, the outrage machine is just defining these things, pointing them out, providing reference frames, getting people to think about these things, realize them, uh, see them when they're happening and choose actively choose not to participate in the mob mentality because there are so many forces at work In our society you guys that are trying to whip up whip us all up into warring tribes of outrage mobs with torches and pitchforks we need to not fall prey to this because as i said earlier this is literal terrorism when you terrorism only works if you let it work you have to volunteer you have to sign up. It's it's the iTunes uh, agreement of Serms and Tervises Serms and Tervises, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> that you that you sign up for but you don't read. Fucking read the fine print. Like that's that that really is the fundamental problem at the bedrock of all of this, is that nobody's reading the fine print. They want everything to be taken care of. They, if they see a problem, it's not, it's not Uh, oh my gosh, this is our collective failure. It's, oh, it's those, it's those elitist assholes at the top, it's their fault. It's all their fault at the top. And part of this is like of, of political engagement in the 21st century, I think is about reclaiming our personal responsibility. Like, no, it's just as much your fucking fault that that Senator that you helped vote into office is making these fucked up policies. Like that really is it, it this is a collective duty that we have as citizens of this fucking country to make sure that we put the right people in the right fucking places and we know we want to know for sure whether we know what the fuck we're talking about or not. We want to make sure they know what the fuck they're talking about if they're making the decisions. Uh holy fuck. But that that shirking of responsible, you know, responsibility uh, that goes back to the Gaia hypothesis, which I made a note about like probably half an hour ago, which is this like, oh, nature's gonna solve everything. The Earth mother heals all this like, you know, it very it is very much a like childlike fantasy of like, oh, God's gonna, if I just pray, you know, God's gonna solve all my problems. Santa Claus is gonna bring me presents. You know, the Gaia hypothesis is the idea that the earth is this like conscious living being that's self-correcting and self-maintaining. And no matter what we can do, we we can never really hurt it because it will always heal itself. Okay, that's fucking bullshit. All you crunchy hippies need to stop saying that fucking shit. We can vary- mass
1: extinctions.
0: <laughs> the what?
1: Seven mass extinctions. Yeah. Like- yeah, no, no, no. Earth. The extent, itself, guys. It really
0: the extent of Gaia out. is like a rock. If Gaia is a rock, like then uh, that's the, the as far as I'm willing to take the Gaia hypothesis. Because the rock can be fried and and evaporated and blasted with radiation and all, it's still going to be a rock. It doesn't mean shit can still live on it. You know what I mean? So this idea that like the Earth is alive and the Earth will protect us. Some like some cosmic Earth Mother will rise from a volcano and stand against fucking Monsanto and BP. Stop it yeah. with that shit. That's not going to happen. The Earth yeah. is not going to defend itself. We have to de- fucking defend it, you guys. Like
1: and, and I know for real. Gonna, I know we're going way over, so I'm not going to like get on any more tangents. Um, oh, we're not
0: over at all, bro. Well, this uh, is open. So if you if you gotta go, let me know. But I oh, no. I am here. This is this is open ended. So This is so, wonderful. Uh,
1: I want people to look up Naomi Klein. Have you heard of Naomi Klein? The uh, name rings a bell. She wrote this shit book called "Capitalism Versus the Climate." She's an anti-capitalist. She uh, oh, okay. is. It's not about environmentalism to her. She's right. Wrote and, written three books trying to say, "Oh, capitalism is the root of all evil." Uh, is capitalism perfect? No. But is it clearly better than everything else we've tried? The fuck yes, it is. It, <laughs> yeah. it allows it allows the individual to exist for Christ's sake. That's what it comes down to. And uh, she like she tried to blame the financial crisis on capitalism. Uh, she tried to blame uh, the rise of Trump on capitalism. You know, basically just trying to, you know, talk shit about capitalism all the time. And she's using the climate issue as a reason to discredit capitalism. It's all about the greed of the billionaires. <laughs> That's causing all the problems. That's part of it, but definitely not the majority of it. Um, yeah. but, and she's influencing the policy of Bernie Sanders, of uh, Alexandria, occasional cortex. I hate that lady. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like a, I'm going to sound like a Republican here
0: cortex that's fucking brilliant i love you
1: man if you, if you hear her talk it's she's like a religious zealot. it's religion a lot of this stuff is just ideological religion to people yeah it, it, there it, is a it, broken
0: clock thing going on there every once in a while she says something rational and i'm like okay i agree with that but then you you're you're totally right it, it's a broken clock yeah <laughs> uh and, it,
1: cortex jesus uh, christ and, and 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 bernie sanders Oh, my God. Don't vote for him, please. I understand the appeal of the guy for, you know, making us look a little bit more like Canada or whatever, but God, he's so bad on science. It's just not even funny. Uh, And it's like they give him a pass because he's the progressive powerhouse, you know? yeah he- he's legacy
0: man he has that gold coin it's, it's he's like a nobel laureate you have to roll out the red carpet for him but i mean at it really we need to like let's make him a national monument and give him an estate often off somewhere and then kids can come through on a tour and he can tell them all about how you know what i mean like he he's a legacy but uh he's also a dinosaur and you know where dinosaurs belong in fucking museums. Sorry, Bernie bros. Yeah. And, and you know what, as you guys are hearing us say this and for all of us, every last one of us that I've found that is saying this shit about Bernie now that is currently Yang gang voted for Bernie in the primary in Me 2016. Too. We all tried to get Bernie in. So don't think that this is like an attack on him. We all believed in him. His vision isn't big enough. It's not strong enough. It's not smart enough. It's not 21st century enough. If if for one second, <laughs> like I am almost certain that Bernie's email address ends in like at MSN <laughs> or <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hotmail bernie totally has a hotmail account you guys <laughs> and this is just like we need like his ideas were revolutionary at the time and he's been extremely consistent and we do need to credit him with that yes. going back over the decades he has been saying a lot of the exact same things um he has dabbled when be with being a little bit friendly with some communist ideas i think yep. we also need to acknowledge that and point that mm-hmm. out he is, i don't think he's a communist I think he confuses his terms. I don't think he knows what socialism is. I don't think he knows what social democracy is. I don't think he understands the challenges of the 21st century and things like cyber, AI, algorithms, the real threats. We're not we're not worried about fucking, you know, Iran storming the beaches in fucking ships. Okay. Like, or, or Russia or China or whoever our adversary happens to be coming in a few further, you know, years ahead. Cause we're going to have a lot of adversaries, but they're not going to be coming at us with fucking guns. They're going to be coming at us with code. We need somebody who is like, at the very least knows that and bio weapons, you know, advancements in biotechnology are fucking fantastic, and we absolutely need to bring them to the world in terms of improving human health. Um, bringing, um, you know, biosynthesized insulin is is a good example, like mass producing that and bringing that to the developing world, and and vaccines and all of that but like we need to understand the potential there's a lot of nuance here guys like biotechnology is amazing but it can also like there is very much that like there is potentially a volcano somewhere with a hollowed out lair with a supervillain with a hairless cat in a swivel chair somewhere like coming up with a virus that could say like exterminate all gingers for example because that biomarker is like in there so like those are the challenges and the threats of the 21st century that we need to have somebody in the in the captain's chair so to speak who can not only see this coming who can not only see um you know attacks on our our social media infrastructure when you look at what happened in 2016 with um with russia which we are going to unpack for real on the show and like exactly what happened, exactly how you specifically the listener were manipulated because you were, you were absolutely manipulated and it is totally like realizing you got raped. It like, and I realize that sounds extreme. That's, that's an extreme sentence. But when you realize what really fucking happened in 2016 and how much, you were exploited your data things you thought were totally innocuous like take this 15 minute test to find out what kardashian you are <laughs> giving away without even realizing it giving away data that was as valuable as your social security number giving away your face giving away your your genetic data that's a whole thing within like the the all the different things prop you know cropping up testing all these genetic data companies what are they going to do with that data data security like these are the things that we need to worry about in the 21st century an outrage machine is is a fucking black hole it's a cancer that destroys progress it holds us back it prevents us from having the uncomfortable conversations that we need to have if we want Literally, if we want to save the fucking world, they're uncomfortable as fuck. You guys, I am uncomfortable as fuck, especially having just used the word rape to describe what I'm talking about in what's happening in the social media domain, but it is that extreme. Uh, so please, if you're out there and you're triggered by my use of that word, um, I, I'm, you should be. Because it is that serious, but don't think that that's coming from a place of insensitivity right. or callousness. Okay, I, wi- I will mention this now and never fucking again. I am a survivor of sexual assault, my own self. So if if you're gonna come at me and think I'm like this right wingy assholey Haiti guy who just <laughs> used a horrible word in a sentence to paint a picture of something else, like. That was heat of the moment that came out of my mouth. I heard myself do it. I heard, y- I heard you get triggered through uh, this uh, this uh, wormhole into the future that I have, future listener. I want you to know that. Um, that's the last time I'm ever going to mention it on this show or probably ever again. But I want you to know that that was not like a dick move. I was just, <laughs> uh, that. Yeah. Uh, Moving.
1: People need to get over it themselves
0: moving on yeah it, it it is kind of that like get over your own ego thing a lot of it is abandoning ego abandoning the tribe mentality the mob stopping a fucking lemming you know it's just like re- reclaim reclaim you but in a way that's like not some special privileged like the creator of the universe cares about me and listens to everything i fucking say you know and think uh, that clearly takes it too far. It's just like individualism, returning to that, treating people as individuals, you know, not lumping them into categories and trying to, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, the uh, social justice crazies need to back away from the environmental movement because, um, oh, and uh, just one last thing on uh, one of, one of the, not the last thing, but um, there is this, this weird, I mean, I almost think it's racism in a way to, have you seen this stuff where they basically like worship indigenous people as in thinking they got it all figured out. They knew how to live in the world uh, without damaging the environment. And they keep saying, oh, like even Alexandria, occasional cortex says um, we need to have, the indigenous people teach us how to resurrect the land and stuff. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Are they ecologists just because they're indigenous people from a, you know, a a different culture? You know what I'm trying to say? It's Uh, it's, it's
0: a naturalistic fallacy. It's, it's one of these appeals to ancient wisdom, you know, like they, they knew it back then. Those, uh, those people that build the pyramids they they must have been in contact with fucking space aliens that i mean that's really the the, the intellectual jump that you're making there guys when you do that um oh. there totally is that that like at nature's beautiful like yeah and 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 don't get me wrong like the the indigenous population if i i don't even like that word um indigenous I don't like native i don't like Indian i don't like any of them I don't think any of them are accurate. <laughs> um, and I think they're all derisive and offensive. Um, but for, for the purposes of the sentence, making sense to you, the listener, the indigenous population, um, that's an extremely complicated and nuanced issue. And there is tons to fucking unpack there. You know, There's let alone baggage,
1: if, too, because. Oh my God. We're not going to not lie. even mentioning
0: borders because yeah, that's water. Yeah. Because,
1: because, it would be lying to say we did not commit a genocide against the Native Americans. Yes, that happened, and that's something we have to, we have to make sure that we remember in a historical context. But yes. my, we... my 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 thing with that is, look, we what 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 was going to happen back in the day when two drastically different civilizations came in contact? Yeah, like some shit was going to go down and it's not just like saying oh it's because the white people were bloodthirsty fucking monsters it's because we were it's like an it's like the the cruel empire building part of life still you know um so so it's not like it's not like you know native tribes didn't like kill each other too i mean it's not like they were all like living in kumbaya like Shit, like uh, Pocahontas uh, land, yeah.
0: Like the Aztecs Oh my god!
1: Wiped people out. Like they, they, they built their own fucking human house.
0: sacrifice. Oh yeah, a lot of those monuments are like are Fuck, like yeah blood fountains. Uh, I I made the, <laughs> blood fountains. That's great. I I made the note because you said we we did that. I want to I want to make it very explicitly we equals humans. When when people like Phil and I use the word we yeah. in that context, we mean humans. We don't mean white people. Okay? So that like we need to clarify that because there is a lot of this we us them stuff, a lot of this tribal shit and we're working past all of that.
1: It made uh, sense back in the tri- day.
0: Yeah. Like, and this is something we lost. It does kind of feel like this ancestral thread that we lost in the woods somewhere. And this is like we're stumbling across the tracks. Some of us, those of us uh, brave enough to venture out into the wilderness, into the crazy minefield that is the political discourse of the 21st century, but we are starting to find the tracks, we're starting to find the threads. It's coming together like this is an unstoppable thing that is absolutely going to happen. I we need just to, need more people yeah, being willing to say I, something.
1: I, I really need to read that book called, what is it? The, the Better Angels of Our... Mm. Something. It's a Pinker book, but uh, if, if people think it was just a European thing to commit violence and be cruel, uh, you are, don't understand. You don't know history. Well, you, you do just not, don't know how yeah. humans before the industrialized age before we were able to meet all of our basic needs and find some sort of law and order in society. So we couldn't fucking hurt each other. We were nothing but cruel to each other, nothing but cruel. And people say, Oh, uh, like there's this idea too out there that, uh, Oh, I, I would never do some atrocity like that. Shut the fuck up. Yes, you would. If you lived in Germany during Nazi Germany and you were one of the you know, aristocracy or whatever back then, you you became a Nazi, and you were okay with fucking people like over uh, because of yeah. you know nationalism and 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 whatnot. Everybody is capable of extreme evil, and it's 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 holier than thou. Shit's got to stop. It's unsustainable because everybody has done shit they fucking regret every day and we all have the capacity to be evil we are humans i don't care who you are you know we, we all have the capacity to do do evil i don't know if i'm getting on that subject but no, just it's, uh it's,
0: it's you get to the heart of it man you have such a big heart and and that that is the thing that i noticed in you that i'm like this is why we're going to connect because our minds there's clearly something going on between our minds where we share a lot of the ideas, but you know what, the the, the fundamental thing that is why you are such an important star in the mind wave universe is your fucking heart. Phil, you have such a big heart, man. I love you so much. I really mean that. Like you're my brother. Aww. Like we're, we we see, we see it, we, we see it. And, and it's because our hearts are breaking for the future of humanity that we we have to fucking climb up to the rooftops and scream to whoever will fucking listen. My, However yeah. uncomfortable it 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 is inevitable, inevitably going to be. But I just my, my I, heart, I appreciate my appreciate you so much. <laughs> my quote
1: unquote heart breaks in very particular ways because it's on stuff that's very, very important to me. Yeah. and I'm I'm also a dick to a lot of other people because you know I I'm not like loving everyone but i do i do have a heart when it comes to shit that matters like uh i don't know the imperfection that is humanity that is that's why this woke scolding nonsense on the internet and the internet's worse by the way just because you it it gives you what you want to hear like it's basically uh social media isn't uh cognitive not not cognitive bias but a a a bias machine it's not social media's fault it's just it's why we like it so much and and it's designed that way it's a dopamine
0: slot machine
1: yeah and they do need to be careful i think i think there is a uh there's a case to be said that uh social media companies do have a responsibility to not for the product not to radicalize people uh and that might mean making the algorithms less you know ego soothing you know what i'm trying to say it's like yeah you know uh bring some shit that you would totally agree disagree with because people need to have that diversity of stuff to make any sort of semblance of what the reality and the truth actually is so um yeah You need to be
0: exposed to the outside world. It's the baby bird in the nest thing. Like the world is cold and fucking harsh out there. And if somebody doesn't push you out of the nest at some point, you're going to grow up your entire life, a big grown ass adult baby. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Looking for a safe space. Every time somebody has an uncomfortable thought around you. And is that really the world that you want to live in? Oh my god! Oh, biologic. I just totally had like a uh, human body biological thing. Wrong pipe thing. I took a sip of my beverage. <laughs> that it's that's real human shit right there.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Welcome no. to mind wave. And 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 elsewhere. <coughs> we are all gonna a, die. We're all gonna die. Spot. Even and this is the my, only one
0: we get, guys. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Unfortunately, I uh, I had a off my catholic upbringing and now i'm not very excited about dying because uh i think that's pretty much it um unless we're in a simulation but you know that's some elon musk shit right there
0: well phil i mean we only have to make it like a few more years until quantum computing and ai and robotics and biotechnology make it so that like You and I can have a reunion episode 100 years from today uh, in some totally new digital space that doesn't exist yet around, you know, in orbit around some moon in the outer solar system somewhere. And we'll just be interacting as as consciousnesses existing on some future version of some quantum cloud. We can't even imagine yet, man. Like we are at the pinnacle. We are at the moment in human history. And it feels arrogant to say it because I'm sure every single person throughout human history felt like this was the most important time in human history. The first caveman discovering fire was like, holy shit, uh we control the universe now so it feels arrogant and anthropocentric to say it but we are at a critical a absolutely critical moment in human history with the advancements in technology that like literally there are people alive today that are already born that already exist on on social media that are walking around breathing and sharing our air who will be functionally and essentially immortal because that's where the technology is going. They are young enough that they will make it to that that crucial moment, that technological breakthrough. We're there. We're, we're living in it. That's Which, why everything yeah. is so chaotic and crazy. Well, right
1: well, now. well, here's a thing I'd say about that is this is why scientific literacy is so important. Because let's say we did find something groundbreaking, but then uh, anti-science said, "Okay, let's get scared of it and not use it." I'm not saying we should just totally jump jump on everything we get, but I'm saying, like, like, like you say, like discovering fire. Do you know what was the second time we discovered fire? Mm-hmm. When we split the atom. Oh, goodness. that's right i i th- think about that like, like like that is the fire and we got scared of the fire because fire is dangerous right but fire is also life-giving it, it, it it's also what allows ecosystems to flourish you know like the chaparral in, uh freaking california it needs to burn to survive it's crazy man and uh uh, and so that's why, yeah, so when it comes to environmental movement and stuff, we need to get back to science above all else because we could really shoot ourselves in the foot if some miracle technology came away, uh, came by to save us from other ecological issues and we were just too scared to use it. So it's, uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's like we cannot be afraid of the fire. Uh, uh, and I, you guys should read this book. I haven't read it. I hear a lot about books, just don't have the time. I just don't spend the time reading them. Uh, God, now nah, I sound like an idiot. But uh, there's this book called uh, Love Your Monsters by, I think it was uh, by Michael Schellenberger, or it is by Michael Schellenberger. He's, Michael Sch- Schellenberger is still alive and well, by the way. I don't know why I said past tense there. But, uh, uh, but it's basically the idea that instead of being scared of the monsters your whole life, if you try to become friends with the monsters, you can better understand them and they become less scary. So it's, and so we need to embrace things that make us feel uncomfortable uh, because they offer so much, so much hope. Like it's good to feel uncomfortable about splitting the atom because yeah, we can make weapons with that shit. That could, I mean, we almost already killed ourselves, but people forget that the cat, that cat's out of the bag. We cannot we cannot go back in time to a point where we just totally forget about nuclear fission, and that's what I think. That's a fallacy of the of the anti nuclear peoples. Are just like if we just don't do nuclear power and don't do weapons, you know, we'll we'll be safe. I'm sorry, but I I know how to make a nuclear weapon. Not exactly, but I have the general idea to where if I we all forgot and I told some scientists about this magic rock called uranium, they could figure it out. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, we're we're never going to go back. So right now we need, we're never going to go back on genetic modification. So at some point we have to be like, this is the science like it or not. It's here. Now let's be humanist with it and do some good shit. And that's what the uh, environmental movement is lacking. And we need to, I don't know how this ties into outrage. But uh, I guess I could I could say just we need to make sure this outrage politics and stuff does not does not run the environmental movement, because my opinion, the environmental movement should be a scientific movement completely. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing else. Uh, and I And I know that's not very fun for emotions and stuff, but I don't know. I think you can get emotional about the wonders of science. You know, I am.
0: I am so emotionally invested in this issue. And that's why I want to make sure that our messaging is right on it. Because if we put out the wrong message, we are hurting ourselves. You know, this is the man bear pig phenomenon. It eventually Matt and Trey came around and went, oh shit, fuck you guys. Man bear pig is real. Oh, we were dicks, but. You know, like, we can avoid that years of confusion by just being, like, very clear about what the actual problem is and what the actual solutions are instead of and blowing everything up into theatrical hyperbole to try and make a point. A and, and, uh, and, and, and point we, is enough on and, its own.
1: And we need to be okay to be like, <clears throat> maybe I was wrong. And it takes guts to say I was wrong. You know, you know as much shit as I give Bill Nye... The guy's coming around a little bit because he was anti-GMO, thinking it was scary, but he like literally someone said, someone was a friend to him and said, I want you to come visit Monsanto in St. Louis. And he went there and he was just like, what I've been told about Monsanto is all 100% wrong, pretty much. Yeah, maybe the corporatism stuff (coughs) rose people the wrong way. That's fine. That's an okay you know reason to be skeptical of someone for sure but he 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 basically literally reject redacted his old stance on it and that took some guts i have to admit like and i think that's because he still even though he's not a professional scientist he still understands the scientific method and skepticism you know so and it, it was really unfortunate because have you, you guys ever heard of uh intelligence square debates
0: Oh, I love those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a so, handful. I I don't have time, but they're yeah, so, amazing.
1: Yeah, well, the GMO one. Uh. Uh, that's the debate that got uh, Bill Nye to change his mind as a science communicator uh, and a celebrity. Um. And it was really unfortunate because I did a I did one recently about nuclear power. I think you saw my rant on Facebook, Jenner, but it was like. We lo- the pro-nuclear side lost the change in votes because they don't measure it on, you know, uh, it's basically on how many points you you got from, you know, one side to another. Uh, but th- the nuclear side did a very poor job refuting some of the claims by the anti-nuclear side because they can't they can't they can't really refute the safety now. So they go they moved the goalpost and now it's an economic thing. And they were able to convince most people that it's just not economically worth our time. But it's not economically worth our time because of science denial, because of uh, you know, anti science interests. You know, it's it, there's a reason why China can can do like things like nuclear cheap. It's because they get science, they support it. And they actually give a shit. Uh, I honestly think uh, again another goddamn tangent, but uh, but but yeah, like look at the side that accepts science, where people accept more science, the science of nuclear power. It's cheaper, it's efficient. You can build a plant in ten years, <laughs> and then basically the pro-nuclear, uh, anti-nuclear side was just like, it just takes too long to build. I'm just like that. You know what? That sounds to me. That sounds to me like you're a fucking quitter. That's what that sounds. You, you don't come up with the technology and just say, fuck it, never again. It's too expensive. That's such horseshit. You know, and plus, it's surprising because people that care about climate change are skeptical of, you know, the form of capitalism that allows, you know, the fossil fuel industry to just, just do whatever the fuck they want. Um, but but then again, they, they then they go to a markets argument for the cost of nuclear. I'm just like, Wait a second! Don't we have a fucking planet to save, you guys? Oh, it's you know, and it's also bullshit. Like everyone should watch this debate. It's like, should we expand nuclear power? It's on Intelligence Squared. But uh, yeah, just it's anti-science ruins everything. Economics it ruins, it ruins. You know, environmentalism and anti-science is the it's it's just not a good thing
0: it's the biggest threat to civilization as we know it and pointing out bill nye is is a good point because i he definitely started off i would i wouldn't have really classified him as necessarily anti-gmo he he definitely bought into some of the rhetoric particularly around monsanto and and monarch butterflies and bees and roundup he was kind and of, buying of that, into
1: that precautionary principle a little.
0: It, but he used his skepticism to try and prove himself wrong right and this is fundamental to the scientific mind this is what it means to be scientifically literate it doesn't mean that you can rattle off the entire periodic table of elements from memory or that you can say pi to a thousand digits from memory Being scientifically literate is about being willing to prove yourself wrong. Expose yourself to more information. Try to, it's steel manning yourself. What what people do these days, they straw man each other. And if you don't know what I mean by that, you build up a fake pretend version of what you think the person is saying that's easier to attack than what they're actually saying. And the opposite strategy is the answer. It's steel manning. It's make the argument as absolutely strong as possible. And if you believe in something in your heart of hearts, if you're passionate about it, you should be willing to defend it against all encroaching ideas. In the war of ideas, the battle of the 21st century, this is one of the big ones, the war of ideas, the ones that are going to win. Uh, and this is there's it's weird how much crossover there is between these outrage episodes already, but it is Darwinian. It's like some ideas are going to survive and some are not.
1: Oh, you and guys, oh, oh, like
0: some are unsustainably cancerous and going to,
1: and, and there are lots of lies become. out there. One of the biggest lies right now is that wind and solar is cheaper than fossil fuels. That's complete and utter a hundred percent horseshit. That just, it's just, it's so not true Jenner because people don't understand, uh, electricity metrics. Like there's this metric called levelized cost of electricity. So what that is, is basically, what is the cost of electricity for, uh, it's basically electricity produced per capital built. So uh, you can take a solar plant and say, oh, look at how much energy it produced for how much material we made to make it. It's actually pretty good, but you forget the other... The other metrics of, of, of electricity that also matter, like reliability, uh, if you if your solar plant is not running all the time, where is that other energy coming from? That's not priced into the cost. It's basically saying, okay, you spent this much for a panel, and this is how much energy you get from that. Well, what if you don't get the energy at the right time? You know what I'm saying? It's it, it, They use poor metrics for people that don't understand uh, energy economics, which is very it's a very complicated thing. I don't even understand half of it. Um, and it's it's just not true. And it's just another form of basically reality denial, science denial to to say this stuff because it's just not true. And I feel like the crazy one for saying it because that's all you see in the news, right? Oh, wind and solar are now cheaper than coal. If that were the case, climate would have been fixed a long time ago. It seriously would because if think about it this way. If you... Uh, so, in order to beat the climate crisis, and this is the only way we can, economically, scientifically, is to make a source of carbon-free electricity so cheap it just beats everything else on cost. Everything else, and th- by th- default, by yes. default, so, so like we, for the we, same we, reason
0: we don't have fucking floppy drives in our computers yes, these days.
1: We need to make like carbon-free cost electricity free. cheaper than coal, and they're lying and saying that. When it's solar are now cheaper than coal? No, it's just not. And and these lies are just so deep that I just don't know where we we can turn around because it's like everywhere you go as a pro-nuclear environmentalist, people are just willing to just disregard every goddamn thing you say because it's. I can't blame them for not knowing everything, and I I can't blame the environmental movement for maybe being scientifically ignorant. But we need a we need to teach them That's what we need to do we need to you know we i know, need to teach oh, yeah.
0: them to teach themselves right. it's about you know, teaching it, people skepticism
1: right prove you yourself
0: know. wrong don't listen to me
1: yeah prove i really wish wrong. i honestly wish and i tried to see if i could talk to greta thunberg but so crowded like I, there's no way i could get anywhere near her but um imagine if she used her like Blunt analytical mind that she says is because of autism or what, whatever the fuck. What what would happen if she's was just like, oh shit, this nuclear stuff's the answer. Look at look at this information of just you know you know carbon dioxide emissions and land use and material use and and safety metrics and uh, energy density. If she saw all this stuff, I wonder what the response would be if she started saying that shit in public. Would she be? Like, would she be toast? Because if it's if it's now stigmatizing to say a scientific truth, because most people, quote unquote, don't believe it, even though it's true, you know, can progress still be made? Like, I I have a feeling that if she came out as just crazy pro-nuclear, no one would like her anymore.
0: I don't know. I, I think that the power of her platform is actually stronger than that. She could just, she could shift the public discourse. And this, this is, this is something that in my mind is totally forgivable. She doesn't understand the power of her platform and the responsibility that comes with it. And this is something that almost no public figure understands, um, with, with limited exception. Um, You know i'm i'm certainly not in anything approaching that category yet so i guess someday i'll have to worry about that but you know it's being mindful of like what your responsibility is i mean obviously i am putting my own content out there and ideas out there and i want to make sure that they hold up which is why i do do encourage feedback um especially when we're talking about science if we get something wrong please write in self-correction is built into mindwave we are the kind of people who will go back and say, oh, actually, you know, and I've done that before. I've gone back, I've recorded the after shows, and then gone back in and replaced the parts that I couldn't remember because I was drunky or whatever. It's it's that self-correction, constant improvement, constant evolving. You have to be willing to say, I was wrong. You have to be willing to say, oh, I fucked up, you know? And, And that's... It's not something a lot of people are willing to do. Um, It feels very kind of core to, I think, a lot of people to their core identity, admitting they were wrong. I think it explains the majority of the remaining Trump base is that they just can't, like, psychologically, there's a barrier there. They can't admit they were duped. You know, they can't admit that they were taken advantage of and, and taken for a ride by the, you know, the con man who's going to blow out of their small Western town with the savings from the bank and leave them high and dry. Cause he tried to sell them a bridge or something, you know, he, he totally does have that kind of like swindly charming con man kind of effect on people, which makes people it, it entirely fall for him. And, and it, it, it makes sense, especially, you know, when, when it's all about, Oh, you're the, you're the oppressed one. You know, it's, 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 they're coming after the, uh, after the, the privileged white people, it's all these brown people and he's making all these other arguments that, that are feeling personally reaffirming to them. Like, no, you are the special one.
1: That's why you I think populism, populism is it, actually a problem.
0: That it, 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 populism, I think is, is kind of a word like sport or 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 tool. How are you going to use it? How are you going to use it? Are you going to use it to divide people? Or are you going to use them to bring it together? I think if people are coming together under ideas that are good, because they can stand on their own, uh, and they're morally right, they're defensible. Like I would describe humanity first as as a bit of a movement like that. It's it's a moral axiom, you know. So. It, it is. It is essentially a populist movement. I think I have to be willing to admit that. Probably not many people would
1: be willing to do that. So that was a bad statement but I just made. It's no, no. It's no, it's no, a good no, no, statement I, because because
0: unpacking language is the biggest part of of outrage. Is, well, is well, like
1: what I'm saying is a pop. Yeah. A populist is bad if they appeal to your emotions and not yes. to better arguments. You know that's why yeah. that's why the outrage machine's so toxic mm-hmm. because. It makes people irrational, and then if you're irrational, you start rejecting, you know, reason. And once you start rejecting reason, you then re- start rejecting science. Then once you start rejecting science, the the bedrock of modern civilization will crumble. Yeah, that's the real like deGrasse sport? Tyson shit right there. Yeah, no, it is
0: for real. That's, that deserves a bill. It's like sport or a game or something. It's it's about what but what buttons you're gonna let be pushed
1: and that's why i think some
0: games are dangerous more dangerous than others some games play with your psychology so they they trigger you if you've ever played a resident evil game you know what i'm talking about they they manipulate that shit and they fuck with that some games do that more than others that is not like playing fucking animal crossing okay there is a difference between resident evil 2 and animal crossing (laughs) like and you have to be willing to like open your mind enough to realize that you are being manipulated in, in various areas of discourse on these things, especially complicated issues because nobody's unpacking them. Everybody wants to like package them in a little cute little color coded thing with the little sticky label that, you know, gets chucked in a bin. They don't actually want to unpack anything and really did, you know, this is like so much of it is just like Every- loss of clarification of terms and l- Intellectual laziness. No, everything not yep,
1: everything I don't like, we'll just put it under a bin called colonialism, and then I'll call that my good thinking for the day, and that's it.
0: Yes. It, it is the intellectual equivalent of everyone I don't like is literally Hitler. That is that is argumentum ad absurdum on purpose. And if that's how you see the that, world, that's a huge
1: cognitive that, distortion, and is, you will, you will yeah, arrive at the wrong answer. 100%
0: one like there there are better way this is a fucking minefield as i've said this is a couple episodes deep into the outrage machine now um as i've said this is a fucking minefield it's difficult to navigate but like the first thing is you just gotta jump in you'll you'll find the spots and it, as you've seen if you've been listening you've been finding overlap between these different things and hopefully a common theme or common threads you know a common core hopefully you get by now what i'm trying to do with the series because it really is fundamental and 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 it's uh, across everything
1: and i i think i'll probably head out in a few minutes here but Mm -hmm. i just wanted to say um just just to backtrack kind of what what we're talking what i'm trying to talk about through all my ramblings today is i would say one be skeptical of the social justice takeover of the climate movement and other environmental movements, because that's not based in reason and science. Uh, and I would also say okay, there are certain organizations you should be scared, skeptical of Greenpeace. And let's, I just want to repeat it just to refresh everybody Greenpeace, Please. NRDC, Sierra Club, Friends of the Earth, uh, EDF, yeah, Environmental Defense Foundation. Uh, these are all organizations that have very bad anti-science issues that we need to work on. Um, and, and
0: bad financial motives. Right. And and let's okay. also – He's good for
1: And let's – oh, and there's some tie over between the fossil fuel industry and stuff. Did you know – oh, check this out, Jenner. Michael Moore, he can be a real fuck sometimes, but he's friends with this uh, filmmaker named Robert Stone who did this – movie called pandora's promise everybody watch that movie pandora's promise it's it's on my list yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
0: been plugged on the show we have right a, yeah I, I, oh I god it's it. that was
1: a beautiful documentary but uh just because it gave me a science hard-on you know but uh, <laughs> uh he uh uh he so this guy named robert stones is friend with michael moore and he invited him to do the like sundance premiere of this uh film and you you heard michael talk about he did a Q&A afterwards and he he was just like you know i i had a feeling some he said this i have i had a feeling deep down inside that wind and solar were not going to fucking cut it and they're actually doing a new documentary i don't know when it's coming out but it's called planet of the humans and it's some of the some of the things that they end on i i guess i haven't seen it yet but i've read like kind of discussions about it uh it's kind of social justice so i mean maybe the the ending is wrong but it's basically about looking at the green movement and looking at the just like kind of fossil fuel corruption that actually entangles itself with that and how and how pushing wind and solar is actually potentially a tactic of the moneyed fossil fuel industry to greenwash their image because that's that's in their self-interest you know to like be like, oh, we'll put up some windmills and solar panels and say that we're green when we're burning that gas plant. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm excited for that.
0: Preservation. I'm
1: excited for that to come out. And I think, I think we are we're getting to a point where the next switch in science denial will be nuclear power. I don't. I, again, this is my life's work, but uh, that's why I'm so obsessed about nuclear power. But it's it's it's, it's the environmental tool we need. Uh, but anyway, so that was another tangent. And then last thing. Let's just repeat for people like what we know to be scientific truths. And this is my list. GMOs are good and fine. Evolution is real. Climate change is fucking real. We're causing it. Vaccines don't fucking cause autism. Not all pesticides are bad. Glyphosate is safe. Things like aspartame are safe. If you look at the science, these are legit truisms. These are not... You know, uh, so we got to make sure uh, – oh, the idea that, well, we can power civilization with batteries. That's also kind of bullshit in my my opinion. I mean, that's more of my opinion. But I, I'm just <laughs> saying a lot of what I just said, these are just scientific truths and that they're not negotiable. Like uh, the laws of thermodynamics, not negotiable. Uh, you know, the theory – which is means we don't know anything else better of evolution is uh it, it, there is no you cannot you cannot deny it you just can't do it
0: irrefutable if it was refutable you could refute it and you would have to do that with better science so if you're going to try to refute it that's the way to do it
1: <laughs> uh so yeah um so i guess like that's why i don't know i i think as a Civilized society, we must turn to science and reason to find actual answers. You know, uh, different economic philosophies aren't what's going to save us. What's going to save us is true answers, like dismantling capitalism to solve climate change. That's not looking to science for an answer. That's, That's just believing your own bullshit, honestly. So... It's fairy tales man we it's need fiction. To, we need to look at science for for answers and how we can be better as you know the crazy smart apes we are you know
0: yeah I was just halfway through writing down a note people prefer easy fictions to hard facts and that's the that's the nut that we need to crack and you sir are one of the best minds on the earth that I've found to help try to crack, uh, D's nuts, ladies and gentlemen, president of Americans for nuclear energy, Phil Ord fucking mind wave all-star.
1: And I, I couldn't have done it all, amazing, all myself. There's <laughs> a lot of, most of my ideas are taken from other people. So I, these are not like, like, you know, I, I I'm not the smartest person. I just like, I, I just think I have a, I don't know. I think I do pretty good at finding the better arguments, but that's just my opinion. So don't yeah. don't think I'm like a brilliant mind. I mean, most of this stuff I talk about, like half of this stuff I steal from Michael Schellenberger. He's a great guy. Sorry, Michael, if you ever listen to this. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's about spreading ideas, man. I mean, I'm a high school dropout who cleaned toilets for several years. You know, it, it's just like if we've seen further, it's because we've stood on the shoulders of giants, man. We, the, the path was illuminated for us. And it's, uh, it's up to us to light the way for, you know, more people to bring their own candles and torches along to use a horrible mixed metaphor. God damn, I'm, I'm really bad at mixed metaphors. <laughs> really bad at it. But this has certainly been enlightening and much needed. You very much needed to come back and... Hang out with me because it's it's been a while since I've had you on, and you're such an important part of this experiment that I'm I'm trying called Mind Wave. You're going to be a big key player in the 2.0 uh, reboot here, which now listener has been out for a hot minute. So hopefully, you're enjoying it. But this is we're recording this pre-launch, so this is still uh, kind of a lot of stuff is probably going to happen even between the time that we record this and the time that it
1: drops. So. Yeah, maybe listen to this on 1.5 speed.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, it's a long one. No, it's a big chunky one. I like it. It's, it's curvy. It's bodacious. It's beautiful. This was a wonderful conversation and I can't wait to get into more because you and I, like w- this was just supposed to be about the environment, but you and I look, we talked about race. We talked about, Fuck it. We, we took it all these different places that were like helpful and illuminating. We took it to agriculture. We took it, you know, to, it. it, it's just like, this is, there are so many different places to plug you in.
1: Here's what happened. It didn't have to be about things like race, but the outrage machine made it. So we had to talk about it, but they they warped it. So we don't talk about it in the constructive way we need to like, like, okay, well, I want to be all feminist on people's asses. Uh, Energy security and energy uh, abundance is a fucking woman's issue because uh, imagine having to cook with firewood every day. Shit like that. You know what I mean? Not saying, I'm not saying only women in yeah. developing countries do the cooking, but chances are pretty high that the males and the families and stuff are off doing getting work elsewhere Well the women take, take care of the youngs. It's, that's just how humans work, you know. But it's a feminist issue. In a a certain context, but once it starts being like, just like grievance and division, then that's not acceptable in my opinion.
0: Yeah. There has to be a line in the sand somewhere, and there has to be people willing and brave enough to draw it, no matter what the blowback is. And I I cannot thank you enough for being one of those people who's going to help me try to draw some of those lines in the sand. And bro, we did not even touch academia. Like academia is going to be its own. Probably like, we're going to have to dedicate like 12 hours to that in the outrage, what's happening on college campuses. So you're definitely coming back for that. We should this, reach out to
1: Jonathan Hyde.
0: We're going to reach out to everybody, man. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm bringing in exiled professors. I'm bringing in, everybody to this conversation that I fucking can, because we should try to so find, important.
1: we should try to get Brett Weinstein, dude. Weinstein, Brett Weinstein, that yeah. dudes, he's anti-nuclear, but I think I could, uh, persuade mm-hmm. him because he's a scientist and he's skeptical in the right way.
0: I want Heather Hying. Really? Oh yeah. I want, cool I want Heather, you know, cause uh, like I had Colin, Wright. This, uh, by now listener, you've heard my episode of Colin, Wright. But like the the evolutionary biology part of it, like, oh my God, that is one of my favorite parts of the outrage machine. It gets me so heated, like, and passionate because it's like one of those issues. It's like, oh my God, I feel like the supernova of the hour age machine is like burning my skin, but I need to get, I am fucking Icarus. I'm wearing the goddamn wings and they're made of wax, but I need to fly a little bit closer because this is just, it's, it needs to happen. <laughs> it needs to happen. If I crash and burn, so fucking be it. I am Jenner. This is mind wave. This has been part something of the hour age machine part three or four or something. Uh, fucking Phil. You're amazing, man. Thank you so much for doing this. And I cannot wait to keep going. Like this needs to keep happening. And your mic sounds fucking fantastic. So always happy <laughs> you're a great guest. Guys. Yeah. Oh, please, more, more, more. Uh, that is it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, and Boone Hem. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox, and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at Mindwave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at Mindwave Josh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mind Wave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.